Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, you need to come over and, and see my uh, new steel drum that I bought in the Caribbean. <laughs> you brought a steel drum, huh? Did you uh, get the braids in your hair and everything, too? <laughs> I did the full experience. Uh, just like just like Michael Scott when he goes to Sandals, Jamaica, and brings brings home his uh, the the steel drums. <laughs> uh, that's great. Did anyone Not on the cruise get their uh, hair braided? I saw a few people who got that. Yes, I don't know if they were on the ship. Yes, I did see a few people on the ship who got that. Who did the did the Jamaican bit where you where you get those whatever that whatever that's called cornrows? I don't. What do they call that? Cornrows, I think. Yeah. It's not like a racist term or something. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used. You know, I did that a long time ago. Got some sort of weird little braids in my hair, but uh, oh, did you? Uh, like when I was in maybe high school or something. Yeah, I, I remember when everyone used to come back from like summer vacation <laughs> or, or like spring break or something with a. With a yes, and, you got to bring a piece of it back with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, you got to live the island life back in the, <laughs> on the mainland. <laughs> that is a good a good bit. I like that. I like that. The office did that. I guess I didn't really get it then. I mean, the office is good, and I always laugh at their jokes. But uh, it, it, like everyone, kind of does that. They they like to bring that. It seems like a good idea when you're there that you can bring this back home, and and you're just gonna keep living the island dream when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> but no one does. No one does. Reality sets in, and you're you're just back back in the in the rat race. That's right. That's right. So we are back in our own version of the rat race. Um, this is my our first episode back from the cruise. We played a little a rewind episode while we were gone, which was a good time. And the and the one before that, uh, you were not on, Doug. So this is our first live, not even together, but uh, both of us on here live in in a few weeks. That's right. And so what we're doing is is recapping the cruise. That's that is the subject of our podcast today. Just kind of talking about a lot of interesting and fun kind of things. Um, and we'll just we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Good. I like Dutch. I like recaps. This will be fun. You, yeah, you know, I I always used to think recaps of things were boring, and I still kind of do. Uh, like, which is why I've never really written race recaps, other than just really big deal races for me. Uh, I just I just have always can't imagine why anybody would read that from someone else and actually care about it, uh, unless there were like important lessons that were learned or something valuable. But I've gotten over that, and I think people who listen to the podcast like to just hear about cool things. And in fact, actually, this vegan cruise. This didn't happen the first year and even the second year I went on it. But this year, when I have talked to people about it, like just random people wherever at martial arts or whatever, and I t- mentioned the vegan cruise, everybody's like, oh, I want to go on that. I know about that thing now. And I think maybe that's a sign that they're doing more marketing for it because they, I just, I mean, they definitely are. And I just, I just hear that people know about it more. So I think, uh, I'm hoping that people will, will be interested in hearing about just how it, how it goes and what it, what it is like. Yeah, so, uh, well, I, I kind of have a good idea, or, a, you know, somewhat of a, a reasonable idea of what it's like on the boat for you, because you've been the past couple of years and we've talked about it, but um, but what is a vegan cruise? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think there are several of them nowadays, but when I say... Oh, really? Vegan, I think there are other ones, yeah, I think on the West Coast, maybe. Okay. Uh, that are, I think they're not as health-focused. Like, this one is called Holistic Holiday at Sea, and... Uh, by the way, I don't have any like financial stake in them or anything right now. I, I don't know if I'll be back next year or not. I hope so. Uh, and if so, then maybe I'll start promoting it. But uh, right now, just you know, j- 
just just totally legit. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So the one I think there's a West Coast one that is a little bit more about kind of party time cruising, not not quite uh, so health focused. Party this time one... vegan cruising. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> Uh, this one is, it's called Holistic Holiday at Sea. It started out as like a macrobiotic cruise, I think. They were really into that for a while. That's kind of changing a little bit, which I'll mention in a minute. Uh, but this one, it's just the, the there's content happening all the time, like especially the days at sea, but even the days where you're in port, there, I don't know, at any given time, there are four people giving lectures or doing yoga classes or whatever. So you can, there's always more than you can possibly go to. And the speakers are just really good. Like this year it was, it was Dr. Greger, Dr. Campbell, Dr. Clapper, Dr. Khan. They were kind of the headliners. Gene Bauer was also a keynote guy. Um, just, just, and that was like the main people, which is a great list of names. And then, and then there were 25 more, including myself, uh, I guess on the second tier and there's probably some other first tier person I'm forgetting. So sorry, don't mean to put people in tiers, but <laughs> I figured if I put myself in the second, then it's okay to put other people there too. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it, it's really a health focused thing. And I didn't realize that going into it. I kind of, the first time was kind of looking forward to, to that vegan party time cruise idea. Yeah. Uh, and now I think I've kind of struck a happy medium. Like I've, I've seen a lot of those, those uh, big name people talk at different events and things. So I don't go to all the talks now. This time I actually went way more to uh, this one person's yoga classes. I went to his stuff consistently, yeah. but uh, also ha- had a healthy balance of, uh, of drinking and gambling. I did, did quite a bit of uh, gambling, especially just a moderate amount of drinking. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's good. I really like it. It's a nice mix. You, it's I think most cruises you go on them. At least I hear people go on them, and then they come back and it's like they just destroyed their health for a whole week, and like they're fatter than ever, and they drank ten beers a day, and you know whatever else happened. <laughs> this late I don't know. night pizza buffet. Yeah, and and that stuff is available, and it's cool that you can go upstairs and get vegan pizza whenever you want, and there's parties on the deck where you can get pizza from the sponsors which is something called cheese have you heard of that s-h-e-e-s-e no uh, yeah i don't know i think that was the type of cheese that was on a pizza that somehow it wasn't communicated all that well like that this was a new cheese company or if they were an old cheese company but it was cheese it was a cheese pizza party and there was this cheese substance on top of the pizza which was actually pretty good uh, so, so there are things like that. There's, there is the opportunity to do that. There was a coconut bliss ice cream party thing. So there is plenty of time to eat junk food if you want. Uh, but mostly that's not what's happening. You're eating pretty healthy food. You can get an oil-free and gluten-free menu if you desire, which is pretty cool considering the fact that you can even get a vegan menu on a cruise is, is special. Uh, so you can, you know, you can do it really healthy. And the first year we went, like that was our the eye-opening thing for us about oil-free, that oil-free food could actually be pretty good. And that got us to go into it, you know, go all the way with it basically for probably a good year and a half or so. Uh, we've we've come off that a little bit, but we we have drastically reduced our oil, you know, since before we went on that first cruise for sure. And uh, actually this one kind of re-inspired me a little bit to get back on oil-free uh, because that, so this year I went with my dad instead of my wife. She's been a couple times, but it's just become i don't know it's it's hard for us to get someone to watch our kids and we're not about to really bring the kids on the ship people do uh derek tree size marcella torres who are the vegan uh vegan muscle and fitness.com i believe is their website they bring their children which is amazing to me because i don't i don't know how how you do that on a cruise ship but uh <laughs> they do and uh and it's cool and, and there are like kids certainly 
carnival kid-friendly cruises but right like uh, disney cruises and stuff yeah yeah but like i don't know i i guess it just seems like that would be a lot of stress for for a trip where i have to also give a talk and do stuff on so anyway for that reason uh and because my dad is is newly into this whole thing he's i guess he's probably about 10 months vegan now uh decided to bring him along with me and uh we had a really good time he did though he got so he's been doing like a lot of just heart stuff um trying to figure out so he he went vegan ten months ago. We had him on the podcast, talked about all these great improvements, his his atrial fibrillation thing that has drastically improved. Uh, but he did some blood work, and he had some mild improvements to things. I think to his cholesterol, but there were a few like markers for heart disease, specifically specifically this one enzyme that uh, is called LPPLA two, which I don't expect anyone to know. I only know it because I was reviewing his results with him. And this was some sort of like fancy heart panel thing he got done. This isn't just like a typical, you know, go to your doctor and tell him to check your LPPLA2. But he's he did this special thing. He's done the 23andMe thing. He's trying to really find out a bunch of stuff and keep himself as alive for as long as he can. But uh, some of these like I don't I don't fully understand it, but like this small particle cholesterol stuff that is different from just just LDL or HDL, like you know, more more uh, specific than that. Some of those levels were still very high. And this this one enzyme, which is, I guess, a marker for, like, inflammation of your endothelium, which is the, the lining of your blood vessels, uh, something you don't want when it comes to heart disease. You don't want that stuff to be inflamed because that can – if that ruptures, you, you basically have a heart attack. Right. Uh, so anyway, he, he has found out that, that that those numbers are really high. And even even after 10 months on this diet – so I'm not – you know, don't want to hide that or try to pretend like a vegan diet is this cure-all that suddenly makes everyone better. Uh, even if reversal is is – something that does happen commonly. But anyway, so because of that, he was sort of sensitive to the oil issue. And he talked to this guy, Dr. Joel Kahn, on this trip, who I had never met before, uh, but had come across some of his stuff. And he gave some really good talks, by the way, Dr. Joel Kahn, great, very nice guy. Um, but he, you know, he was he was basically promoting almost the Esselstyn diet, which is which is certainly no oil, but even no, no nuts and seeds for someone who uh, is at risk for heart disease. Hmm. So... I just, I kind of just, I'm getting off track here, but uh, basically on this cruise, I, I kind of got that message reinforced that that the reason not to eat oil, and, and perhaps for almost anyone listening to this, like it's, I've always in the past, it's kind of been easy to, uh, for me to, to rationalize eating oil. I can say, well, you know, I'm fairly active and it's not like I'm hurting or, or not like I, I am taking in a lot of calories. I, I could certainly, you know, use a little bit more weight on my frame. So like, why not have a little bit of oil? Yeah, maybe it's not the most nutrient dense food I can eat. Maybe it's not quite a whole food, but is it really doing me that much harm? So that's been easy to kind of rationalize and say a little bit here and there, no problem. Uh, but it, it does like really inflame endothelial cells and that's the thing like even just one single isolated time is going to basically impair your arterial function in the hours after that meal uh and that's that's fairly well established nowadays among vegan community gregor has some videos on it but that to me has sort of like as someone who i know there's this heart disease risk in my family it kind of seems like well like now every time i eat oil even though i can play that rationalization rationalization game it's like yes but also you know, undeniably, I am creating this inflammation in my endothelial cells, and I'm not really someone who needs to be doing that. So it, it's kind of re-inspired me just to be a little bit better again about mm. uh, really being oil-free at home, which we did, like I said, for a long time, but uh, have kind of fallen off of it just because it's been easy to do so. So did you eat oil-free on the ship? I did not. 
I said, <laughs> I said, I'm on vacation, so I'm gonna just get get whatever uh, whatever good stuff they have. My dad though was much better. He did pretty much after he talked to Dr. Khan because Khan told him that this number of his LP PLA two enzyme that that was higher than any he had ever seen and was really cool. scary. So nice. that was like an immediate wake up call for him, uh, and he was just just from there said that's that's it. I'm done with oil, and uh, he, so he he was I guess somewhat more motivated than I was. But you know, I'm however 30 years younger. But this made me want to at least go get that kind of heart panel done and, and just figure out where I am. Sure. Uh, you know, because it's very easy to say, well, I'm vegan. I've been this way now for six years, and we eat almost no oil, so therefore I'm fine. But this has been something of a, of a wake up call for me to just kind of make sure I stay on top of that stuff. And I would recommend anyone listening do the same because it's, I don't know, I'm sure other people have, have fallen into the same thing where it's easy to just say, well, I'm I'm probably fine because I eat this way. But who knows? Who really knows? So anyway, a little bit of a downer, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but a good I'm glad we went for that reason. You know, like that if 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 nothing else came, if we had a horrible time on this cruise, who knows? That could be a, a life saving thing. To yeah. Find out something like that. yeah. So uh, anyway, very grateful to uh, to Dr. Joel Kahn for for talking to my dad and offering to help him out and all kinds of good stuff like that. So, By the way, I'm going to try to have him on the podcast soon. He said he would be into that. Cool. So you look forward to hearing a, a downer episode, maybe. About, <laughs> you should get. You should have him review your uh, your blood work. Yeah, it's a good idea. Maybe get a little freebie. Yeah. A free good, consultation. Yeah. But then you run the risk of of having like terrible health and and it being broadcasted to everyone. That's true. That would that would destroy my personal brand, wouldn't it? It would absolutely. Yeah, we could always just not air that episode. Let's <laughs> we do a Facebook Live episode or something with. That's anyway. right. Yeah. Wait, uh, we're not, no, we, no, we, we, we air everything. We don't cut anything out. It's, uh, yeah, it's, we've it's never cut anything. Never never made any edits on. Uh, you, well, okay. Like, but, like Eliza. Can you hear Eliza right now? <laughs> uh, yes, we make a lot of edits, but we don't do anything deceptive. I would, I would no, say that. No. Line deceptive. Not borderline. That would be deceptive if we did. If we edited out the fact that I was unhealthy. Um, I have, I want to talk about food. I want to talk about the food on the cruise. So you know, in my former life, uh, in mm-hmm. my former career, uh, I did a lot of event planning and worked with uh, a bunch of large hotels. And if you ordered a vegetarian or vegan meal at a large hotel, it was always terrible. It was always like the worst food. I mean, yes. food in general, you know, hotel food in general is not very good, but uh, vegan and vegetarian meals were, were really bad. And I kind of have this image on uh, of a cruise. I've never been on a cruise, so I don't know. But I have this image that cruise ships are just pumping out large quantities of food like a hotel banquet is. Uh, and if they were going to make a vegan meal, then it just would not be very good. Yeah, I think I think that is... Not not for this cruise. I think that's if you go to a normal cruise ship, and I think most cruise ships these days will will accommodate you if you are a vegan. I think that's not a problem anymore for a lot of them. Uh, and I've heard people talk about they were treated very well on Carnival or whatever, and uh, happy you know happy, they were happy to serve vegan. My guess is that yes, that's going to be terrible food, because I think I don't really I've been on a few cruises before I was vegan, but I don't really remember that much. I think the food is like kind of good, but only because they they kind of just slather it and butter and they do whatever easy way there is to make food taste really good and just seem really good so that you just are satiated. Uh, maybe that's unfair. I'm sure there are some serious cruise chefs who, who don't do that. Um, 
But I'm guessing that, that that's probably what happens. But anyway, so this one, of course, there's more of an effort to make it healthy. And I don't know if they bring in their own like executive chef for the vegan cruise. I know they they do hire vegan chefs to come on board somehow and do this contract work for the cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I ate with someone last year who apparently like was rooming with someone who did that. She was he was invited to come along, and I don't know if they paid her or gave her a free cruise or what, but she was a vegan chef, and they recruited vegan chefs to do the the chefing of this not not the meal planning but the actual preparation of the food which i thought was interesting it's cool that they would go to that to that extent and like you know want this to be prepared by by vegans because they they know how to do it right yeah well that makes that makes a lot of sense and that uh i don't know i think that that is that is very cool because for that very reason most most chefs banquet chefs and stuff um are are not trained in in how to cook a big a lot of vegan food so right so anyway, it, the food, and because it is still made, they're trying to make it healthy. They're not using a lot of, I don't think there's any added sugar in anything. I, I might be wrong about that, uh, but I think they hold themselves to that standard, and there's certainly no no dairy products or anything that's not vegan. Um, and, and they're trying to make it healthy vegan food. It's not vegan junk food by any means. There's there's I don't think there's any, there might have been a seitan dish, but there's nothing like fried seitan type thing. It's not... It's not the food. If you go to a lot of gourmet vegan restaurants, you will get something like the like Plant in in Asheville, uh-huh. uh, which is a wonderful restaurant. I love that place. And by the way, we're trying to hook up a uh, book event for when the Nomi Daphne Cookbook comes oh. back. Comes out. I know Ooh. it's gonna be coming soon. Uh, so if you're in the area or want to attend, just keep your eye out for information about that. Plant is not a big restaurant, so I don't think uh, I'm sure there will be. I, I'm hopeful and and I think it's likely that uh, that it will be filled. Um, but anyway, it, just pay attention if you if you are nearby and you want to come to that. It'll be probably May sixteenth or seventeenth, ish. Uh, anyway, um, let's see the the food at Plant like a lot like you'll get like a fried seitan type thing and it's yeah. really really good. Um, but it's not all of that not all that healthy. Right, like you go there, you know that the food, some of them are going to be very salty and very oily, uh-huh. and sometimes that's what eating out is, right? And that's how you yeah. make a really really good vegan dish. Um, so they don't do any of that on the cruise. That's not, that's not how it is. If there's oil, you know, it's pretty small amounts. Um, so, I mean, the food is, I don't know, seven, eight out of 10. I don't know. It's, it's really good. Uh, now and then there's some meals that just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not that into or something, but I think compared to the first year we went, uh, the food has gotten much better. And I think this is, I think part of a, an effort on their part to make it a little bit more accessible. Like, like I said, when it started out, I think maybe 15 years ago, uh, it was a macrobiotic cruise, and it was all about like the stuff that macrobiotic people eat, which is whole grains and fermented foods and whatever else. And I don't pretend to know what all that is. Uh, but like it would, you know, they would never use white rice, for example. But this year on the cruise, the very first first dish on the cruise, the first main course was some kind of Thai green curry, which was really really good, one of the best dishes I've had on the cruise, in fact. But that had like a big pile of white rice in the middle of it, and I happened to be sitting there eating with Justin, who is my neighbor, who actually his parents uh, are, are some of the, I guess, founders of the cruise. Uh, he was like, man, this is this is really different. They never would have served a dish like this in the past. Hmm. So I think I think there's an effort to make the food somewhat more accessible, not, uh, I don't know, just, just not like super healthy, but basically giving up some of the health in return for making it really flavorful, which I, I'm all for that kind of stuff typically because I think it's a good thing if, if someone's coming on this cruise who's new at this way of living or even considering this way of living uh, and they're, they're dragged along by someone else, then I think giving them something that's really, really good tasting but not quite as healthy as 
hopefully they eventually will eat, uh, is is the best way to keep them interested in this diet. I think if, if you just feed people a bunch of cardboard type stuff, they're not going to want to be vegan after that, you know? Right. Sure. So, uh, and then, and also I think the cruise, it seems that, that the attendees are just sort of, uh, younger this year, younger than ever before as a result, maybe of the marketing stuff, doing more social media. I don't know. Uh, not that older people aren't on social media, but maybe, maybe they are less than, than the kids these days. Uh, I don't think they're doing any Snapchat advertising. Is that what the kids use, Doug? I've, I think Snapchat is dead. No, it's not dead. <laughs> yeah. That's not where you swipe swipe left or swipe right or whatever that is, oh, right? That's, that's a different Tinder. <laughs> okay. Not right? the same. Not the same. I don't know. Snapchat isn't Snapchat where you like send nude pics of yourself and then they yeah, disappear. They disappear. I think Snapchat's the one where they like uh yeah, they disappear. Well then they should combine that with the swipe right app and just have a billion dollar business on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, again, you're giving away, uh, you know, <laughs> good, good ideas here. Yeah, I know. Can't edit uh, it out. Okay. Good. Um, all right. So, so my other question is, uh, is when you, when you, when you go to like a veg fest or something similar where there's a bunch of speakers and they're kind of in different breakout rooms and that kind of thing, um, you know, a big name speaker might come and talk to a large crowd and set up a booth and, and sign some books and, you know, greet people at a table or something like that. And then everyone just kind of goes their way. When you're mm-hmm. on a cruise, right, are you like, are you and, and Dr. Gregor just like sitting there shirtless next to the pool, you know, sipping on a, <laughs> sipping on a smoothie? <laughs> so this comes back to the tier one speakers. A lot of the tier one speakers, I think, make themselves kind of scarce. Uh, and there are no tiers, by the way. This is my own mental construct. That I'm putting everyone in, ranking people, giving people numbers. Um, the they, they like exactly. Uh, so the A-listers sometimes they get on and stay on for the whole week. Like Gregor has typically been there the whole week, at least the two times before this that I went, I think. Um, but this time he was he was on for like he crammed all his talks into the first three days. So I think he probably gave five talks in three days, and then he was off. Uh, Esselstyn, Rip, or not Rip, but uh, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, he, he gets on at some island and gets off at the next island or something like that. I uh, hope I'm being fair, but it's, I, don't, I don't know if that's exactly true, but it's very close to that. I think he gets on at one island and he gets off at another. Hmm. And so, you know, they're, they're busy. They got stuff to do. They, I don't think they, uh, they have budgeted a lot of time for, for hanging out at the pool drinking pina coladas like I have. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes, I do that kind of thing, and I, and I can be found in the casino playing – roulette or blackjack or whatever whatever it is they removed the craps table from the ship this year oh. which is <laughs> That's uh, sad. although yeah okay Keep going. <laughs> but i did find like, some craps tables in uh in atlantis in the bahamas which is one of the biggest casinos in the world so it wasn't i just found them there they they were there i knew they would be there <laughs> uh, so that was cool i had never had never played in the atlantis casino before but had heard a lot about it yep. and i would put it on par with a good Atlantic City casino. It's not to me. It was not a Vegas style casino. Just it wasn't. Didn't quite have that that feel to it. But, uh, but it still, was the biggest in the world. I don't really know about that. I think isn't Foxwoods or one of those Indian reservation ones up in New England? Okay, Connecticut. I, I don't know. I've just heard good things about Atlantis. I'm sure Atlantis is the biggest something in the world because it's a gigantic castle looking thing huh. that uh, apparently has some kind of aquarium built into the walls or something. Which would not not be a vegan thing to do. I didn't go to that, uh, but did go to their casino. Cool. So anyway, um, yeah, I, and I think that's that's kind of like Gene Bauer could he was found all over the ship. I bumped into him probably six times, just doing different stuff. Uh-huh. And I think it just depends on the person and how busy they are, and if they have if they have put that whole week into being on the ship, 
and and if they have then you know then they're they're typically there you can you can find people you can talk to them and uh that's one of the, the cool things about it for sure that is i, I think it, i think that's really cool so so how much gambling did you do i need to know uh i did a I did a solid amount this time yeah i don't know because i remember quite, you saying in the past that you were kind of bummed that people the casinos were, were kind of empty Right, and and that's what I was saying about it getting younger. It just it seemed like it was way busier the casino this time than ever before, and there were people who were specifically on on the in the vegan part of the ship. Like I, I'm not used to being in that casino and playing next to people who were at my talk the day before. <laughs> <laughs> that this time I sat down and someone was like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "What are you doing here? How come you're not running?" And uh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it was uh, that was a really good thing. I think I think it's good, and I think in fact, Dr. Bernard, another one of the A-list speakers who was on the ship. Uh, he encouraged people to go ahead and, and gamble and have fun because that uh, – I, I don't think he encouraged them to drink. But apparently what what happens is that vegans don't typically drink as much as a usual cruise patron and they don't gamble as much as a usual cruise patron. So it's uh, – you know, it, it takes some some wrangling to get get a deal I think for the for the cruise and get a, get a ship and – you know, have them have the ship be okay with half of their ship being taken up by this by this cruise that they're not going to get the the gambling and drinking revenue that they typically do. Yeah, interesting. So I, I so I don't know how it works. Maybe, maybe they have to pay more for the rooms or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, Bernard encouraged people to go gamble just to to represent for the vegans and show them that we that we can spend some money. Uh, so I did that. Did my part. Did many people's part in that. <laughs> uh, but but I didn't come out ahead. I so I got up. Doug, six hundred and eighty dollars on this trip. That's pretty which, good. Which doesn't happen very much. No, that's I the know. most I've, I've I've ever seen. We, you and I have have done quite a bit of gambling together, and uh, you usually end up losing money. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that's true. I usually end up uh, losing money, and then and then I get angry and I lose more money, and I I <laughs> just feels start to just fall off. Uh, but I I think Doug, last time we gambled, I. Also was successful up at up at Runner's World HQ. Yes, you were. You had a very good night that night. <laughs> but the end of the story is not that I won six hundred eighty dollars. I, I got up that much and then ended up getting back about four hundred fifty of that. Well, that's. I mean, that's not too bad. You still you still no. were up for the for the week. Yeah, exactly. So I actually didn't do my part. I took money from the from the cruise ship instead of doing my oh, no. vegan role of spending money. Uh, yes, but it's always good when I, especially when I, I mean, I gambled a lot of hours. It wasn't like uh, just just two hours or something, and you know, it was it was a good amount of time to. And usually, when I gamble that long, I I am a sure loser, because the longer you do it, the more likely you are to actually go behind. And you were playing so anyway, playing what blackjack? I was playing mostly roulette. Believe it or not, roulette oh. is not a game that I know very well. But uh, you've seen that I have something of a system that never actually works, and uh, it kind of started. It worked a little bit. That's so good. I did that. Stuck with your, it. It was your fun. Dad, does your dad gamble? No, not really. Uh, he he sort of he clenches up a little bit. Doesn't you know? Some people just just don't seem to don't seem to be cut out for gambling. They don't like to lose money, which, which I guess uh, is makes sense. But people who are into gambling, they don't they don't seem to mind losing money. I mean, they mind it, but they they appreciate the entertainment of gambling, and it always feels like well, it was worthwhile to spend that hundred bucks or whatever. Right. But some people I think don't like that. They just they just don't like the idea that they lost money. So, but anyway, my dad did, he gambled more on this than than ever before, uh, and I was I was happy about that. We had a good time. Cool, good father son bonding. Hmm. Yes, so that was good. Um, let's see what else. We there was a comedian on the ship this year, a vegan comedian named Mike Kaplan. M I M Y K. 
Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. And he was actually really funny. I was not expecting much. Uh, you know, a, a type of comedian who's not uh, not an A-list comedian, to me, is always like, well, he's not just not going to be funny. He or she, not going to be funny if I haven't heard of him yet. Right? Is that fair? Sure. <laughs> No, uh, probably not fair. But. <laughs> probably not. But I don't know. I've just I, I, stand-up comedy. I feel like you just. I've seen a lot of people, and if they're not famous, and I don't know them, I try to watch a Netflix show of theirs, and I can't get through it. But uh, so then when I found that this guy was vegan, and they got a vegan comedian for the ship, I was like, oh man, this is going to be really bad. <laughs> uh, but he was really funny. I was I was entertained the entire time. He had an interesting style, moved really fast, and. Uh, was quite funny. So it turns out he has a podcast. He also has a Netflix special, which I have not yet watched, but I'm going to. Does he, did anyway, he make a lot of vegan jokes? Yeah, he put a few in there. And I looked at his like his specials and CDs or whatever they would call them in the comedy world. They're they're like vegan stuff, like meat meat robot, one of them's called. And another one is vegan mind meld. Vegan mind meld. Yeah. So right. he's so he's he's all about the vegan thing. He he makes that part of his act. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm learning now that his podcast is called Hang Out with Me. Our producer is telling me in my ear, and uh, his Netflix special is called Small Dork and Handsome. <laughs> so that's funny. There you go. <laughs> it is funny, and he was really funny. So I I am a Mike Kaplan fan uh, for now, and I'm going to watch his his Netflix special. But he you was know, good. I I it was it was good to have, hear a vegan comic. It was funny to hear vegan jokes. I've never heard someone making you know educated vegan jokes other than the dumb things we do, uh, and it was actually good. You know, uh, what, Doug? I know what, <laughs> you know, we had a comedian on the podcast. That's right. We did. Jeffrey Binney, I think was his name. Yeah. And, uh, I just saw, so we had him on cause he was doing this. Um, he was training for Leadville. He, I guess was losing yep. a bunch of weight and, uh, training for Leadville and, um, they made a movie about it and he has like a comedy special about it and it just came out. I just saw that. Oh yeah. Is I mean, funny? I, I haven't watched it, but I just saw that it came out. Oh, you haven't watched it. Okay, gotcha. But, but he might be funny. He was funny. He he might be funny. He was funny. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know if you can tell how how good somebody's stand up will be from their from their interview. He was he was fairly fairly comical. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so who knows? Could be could be funny. All right. What else happened, Doug? Um, <laughs> I think we're not very funny. What? We're not very funny. But... Okay. You want to hear something funny? Yes. Yeah. This is what happened in the Bahamas. So after after I went to the casino, actually before and after, because I, I played in the casino, then I went to the public beach that was near Atlanta's hotel, and uh, it was just a weird beach. It felt like we were walking through like a gang area as we were trying to get to it, but we did get to it, and there were all these stands on the like at the top of the top of the beach, like on the back part of the sand, away from the water. All these little stands, like with those uh, those roofs that are made out of straw, look like you know, and tons of coconuts piled up at them, and and all these different drink mixes. It kind of looked like a snowball stand. You no alcoholic drinks, just just seeing mixer type juicy looking colorful things. Yep. And so I started to get the sense somehow that they were all organized together. It was part of a cartel. So this gang thing, I think, was actually legitimate sense that it was truly some sort of cartel running the stuff. And they offer these coconut drinks. And it's what they do is they, they will pop open a coconut with the back of a butter knife. They hit it really hard. It's $20 for all you can drink. You just keep refilling your coconut that you get uh, or $10 for one refill. So I heard people talking about alcohol. And I was like, well, okay, I bet I can somehow get – I don't see any vodka or anything here, but I can. it seems like you can get an alcoholic drink from these people. 
and I, you know, being at the beach, being in the Bahamas, figured I would I would indulge in one of those, not in the all you can drink, just in the ten dollar one. Uh, so I went to it. They popped open my coconut with a butter knife. They off gave me the the good coconut water out of it. I got to drink it with a straw. That was that was you know normal. You get to do that a lot of places. Um, and then I realized they were pouring the the drink the the liquor out of this just like a plastic water bottle, like somebody's water bottle that they had their sixteen ounce bottle. They took the label off of and it was filled now with with vodka. So I, I started to not have a good feeling about this. And I was like, okay. I was like, what, what kind of alcohol is it? And I just wanted to hear, I don't know what I wanted to hear, but he said, it's absolute vodka. And now I was like, well, I, I don't want to drink vodka out of a water bottle. So I said, uh, that's okay. I was kind of hoping for rum. I was like, I wanted some island rum. And he was like, oh man, well, we can get you Bacardi 151. And by the way, I'm sure this was not absolute vodka, and I'm sure that what I ended up getting was not Bacardi 151. Right. But so I was like, okay, well that that sounds good. I'll I'll do a drink with the Bacardi 151. So I was still kind of hoping to see that label and know that this is just actual that they didn't make it in their bathtub or something. <laughs> and what happened was not too far from that. He the guy turned around, walked like six or seven feet back up the beach, like to, away from the water, and started digging in the sand, just digging. <laughs> <laughs> and then produces this bottle of like a handle of uh, of rum out of there. This big plastic bottle that was certainly not Bacardi 151 or whatever it is. But is is it Bacardi? Yeah, yeah. So it certainly wasn't 151. He dug a rum bottle out of the sand. They filled up a little water bottle with it, and and that was that. And that that became Wait, so, my so drink. So it was an actual liquor bottle, and then they poured it into yeah, a water bottle. It was. It was. It was some sort of big plastic bottle. Oh, that's hilarious. That, <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess that's what all these stands do, and that's how they that's how they get around the their you know I'm sure they're not allowed to sell, sell alcohol on the beach, but they just they just bury it in the sand and they they only have a plastic bottle and that somehow that that is enough to to satisfy the authorities I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And did you yeah. drink it or did you throw it away? I drank it, and the first one I had was kind of good. Like I, whatever I said, I said I wanted some sort of pina colada flavored mix because of these twelve different colorful mixes they had, uh, and it was kind of good. And so I was like, "Oh, that'd be good. I'll get another one of those." And the second time I went, I they, well, also they they hit me up for tips the second time when I went back to get the refill. Then they want all these tips, uh, which I did. Gave them a little small tip then, and I asked for the same thing, but they didn't know what that was. So I was like, "I think it was the pina colada type mix." And the drink I got out of that was was just terrible. Like it was it was awful, and they I think because the alcohol is cheap, like they didn't care how much alcohol was in your drink. They would just pour it until you had to stop. So they would have filled up my coconut with with <laughs> this straight quote up. unquote Bacardi One Fifty One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I, I told them to stop. But the second time I didn't really tell them to stop or anything. They just made the drink themselves, and it just tasted terrible. I don't know what it was. I don't know how it was different, but I couldn't just couldn't even drink it. Took two sips of it and then just just left it. Yeah, that's funny. So, anyway, that's my story. I hope it doesn't get me like killed by this cartel or something for for out of outing them. All the all the all the cops that listen to the show are are going to go gonna down to that beach, dig in the sand, and dig up their yeah. <laughs> up their yeah. We heard you on No Meat Athlete Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that happened. That's uh, a we did this story. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was kind of funny. So then we, we visited Mexico, Cozumel, which is where if you if anyone is a longtime listener of this show, which I'm not sure there are too many of those left, but uh, we talked about my scooter incident where I rode the scooter and we were going 
I'm terrible at driving things, and we were up to like 80 kilometers an hour, and I was terrified. So I did not do that again at all, but I did go back to Cozumel and actually walked around, and that was probably the best of the ports, I thought, compared to Bahamas, Jamaica, and Grand Cayman, I think is the name of the island itself. Um, But I went to a Mexican restaurant. I found this nice little – we found a sort of hole-in-the-wall-ish Mexican restaurant, which is what we wanted. We did not – the problem with cruise ports, Doug, you, I guess, wouldn't know having not been on a cruise yet, but the problem with cruise ports is that they just get – they just turn into these little, like, touristy areas where they're just selling in, like, these fake straw markets. They're just selling all this junk probably imported from China that is wooden and says Bahamas on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, all this stuff. So I got – I got uh, – of course, I bought some of that for my kids because they, they – <laughs> like, like Rapunzel uh, tangled – uh, certainly unlicensed by Disney, but tangled Bahama drum that you can you can rotate in your hand. And you get all that you know those beads. Oh yeah, uh-huh. on one of those things. Yep. You always make basically uh, a little lizard that looks somewhat realistic, carved out of wood. Anyway, so got that stuff of course. But that's what these ports turn into, and they're just I don't know. Like the ports on a cruise ship, other than just getting to go to the beach, they're almost never good. It just there's nothing of note unless you're willing to go off the beaten path, and then it gets sort of dangerous sometimes. So. Uh, but, but Cozumel was an exception. We got to walk around, steal some touristy stuff, but it didn't take long to just get a block or two away from that stuff and then be like where they wouldn't, they, all the signs were in Spanish. No, nope. some people in the restaurants didn't speak any English and it was kind of cool. It was, it was, uh, it was just felt like we were actually visiting a country, not just visiting a cruise port. And, uh, so I, I had these, we had these really good chips and guacamole. Oh, I had, I had ordered from the menu, the vegetarian burrito or vegetarian tacos and said, but I don't eat any dairy and eggs, so please no animal products. Just I said, don't put no cheese, no sour cream uh, on on these tacos. So did that. Tacos were good. Had eaten all the chips by then, chips and guacamole. And then when they got back, I said, hey, these chips tasted really good. And I I knew they were making. They said they. Were, I said, are they H O N casa? Which Doug, as you would know, it means are they made in the house, right? Made homemade. Yeah. And she said yes. Proudly said yes, they were. And. I was like, man, they were they were really good. They had like a really good richness to them because I am a fan of making corn tortillas at home, uh-huh. but they don't turn out like that. And I was wondering what made them special. I was like, <laughs> how did they come like that? And she was like, uh-huh. oh, it's it's the manteca. I, I believe is the word she said, and not mantequilla, which which I think is butter, uh-huh. but manteca, I believe she said. And I was like, oh, okay, um, interesting. What is that? And she said, oh, it's the it's the fat of the pig. <laughs> so, so i had ordered vegetarian tacos yeah and then said but i also don't eat dairy. dairy so please don't use any butter or cheese or sour cream or anything like that you, you would think i mean i would think someone ordering the vegetarian tacos who also does who says he doesn't eat all that stuff that he's certainly vegetarian that that would that i don't know i because I, I never did say i don't eat meat i just said i don't eat right. i don't eat dairy but i'm ordering the vegetarian tacos uh falsely or wrongly assuming that there would be no no animal products and i don't know i kind of wonder if the word vegetarian e- even the native word vegetarian in in some places you know that it still includes things like like lard right like they're just right. like, well that's not that's not me it's just that's yeah. just part of cooking so i don't know so that was that was a, a vegan fail on my part that's but, pretty uh, funny i wanted to share that because i think i think I don't know. I think a lot of people mess up like that, and then they probably beat themselves up over it. Yeah. And I don't like messing up like that. It made me think, like, man, I should have been more careful and, and act specifically about that. Because I know that lard is in tortillas sometimes. Like when you buy uh, – maybe it was Mission Tortillas. One of these – one of the fairly big brands of tortillas, the wheat ones at least, a few years ago, 
Like when I first started Nomi Athlete and didn't know anything about this, I posted a picture of the ingredients for a recipe, which included these tortillas, and I think it was Mission Brand. And someone in the comments was like, you know, those tortillas have lard in them, uh, which, you know, I did whatever, didn't know anything about it then, and they were right. They did have lard in them. But I just assumed that that was like a, a commercial thing, I, I like a processing, you know, cheap thing to do or something. I, I would have would have never guessed they would use lard to cook or to fry or whatever they do with the corn tortillas to make them into chips. Uh, but that was my mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that I think that uh, people do that because they like the flavor, like you said, and it just gave it a little richness. Yeah, right. And but, it's probably not even thought of as meat at all. Yeah, but you know, but but I think you're right that a lot of times you go to a restaurant, even in the states, where you know communication is not an issue, or like you know at home with your native native language, uh, where right. communication isn't really an issue. I still think that there are plenty of times when. Um, Maybe the waiter doesn't know how it's cooked necessarily, or there's just kind of a lack of understanding right. of what of what you need and what you're asking for. Um, and you probably end up with, like, more times than we realize, we probably end up doing something just like that. And uh, sometimes you find out about it, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And, and how, you, how, you, how you react to it is, is up to you. Um, you know, but for me anyway, I will always make the decision not to eat something if I know that has an animal product. But if I find out after the fact, I'm not going to beat myself up. I mean, it's not, I did it. It's not the end of the world. Right. Right. So I didn't, I, all I did was I flipped the table over and then I stormed out of the restaurant and, uh, and screen. Yeah. Just threw money threw what a few pesos down outside and slammed them on the ground angrily. But otherwise it <laughs> didn't make a scene. Just <laughs> tried to be a tactful vegan. Not, now you're going to, we're, we're, in the show notes, we're going to list the names and the faces of all the employees there. And phone numbers and everything. Right. Get, get the authorities to go bust them too, just like yeah. they break up the, after they're done breaking up the cartel. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I did not. I was tactful. I'd already eaten the chips, so whatever. Didn't, didn't mention a thing about it when they said that. I guess, I, you know, and some people certainly would. They would say, well, you could have told me that it had that when I ordered the vegetarian tacos. But, uh, I mean, honestly, what would that have done? Yeah. Plus, I would have had to say it in Spanish, and that that would not have gone well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? We did tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that's kind of it. I mean, the, uh, there's nothing that was that different. The only other new thing for me this year was I went to this guy named Chandrakant Heister's yoga classes. And, Doug, you as a yoga aficionado... <laughs> <laughs> that no, it's your not at all fair to say. No. So you're an, our environmental correspondent, our young Democrat, our yoga aficionado. <laughs> oh, and our Bud Coates fan. <laughs> and our Bud Coates fan, yep. And our award-winning uh, running coach. Award-winning, yep, yep. And bearded guy. We should have something about the beard. Mm. I don't even know if you have a beard. I don't notice when people have beards. You don't know that I have a beard? I was at your house yesterday, man. <laughs> Yeah, you were here. God, man, I totally forgot you were here yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, my my brain is scattered these you, days. You could have shown me that steel drum yesterday, and you didn't. I don't have a steel drum. I was kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I should have seen the Rapunzel, the Tangled License Disney oh, drum. Yeah. Slash China. <laughs> I have a beard. Uh, yeah, so I would not have known you had a beard, but I remember seeing one on you like a couple months ago, so I assumed you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> You're the anyway. worst, man. You're <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, uh, I mean, I think it's the same as like when a husband doesn't notice his wife gets a haircut, mm. which happens all the time. I bet you would notice. If I shaved off my beard, I bet you would notice. Maybe. I'd probably notice the change. Yeah. But I just, I'm just used to seeing it, so I don't, don't notice. Well, you, yeah. you would probably mistake me for a 14-year-old boy, so. <laughs> right. Right. So you're a bearded guy as well. That's your, that's your other job. 
what was the role that we were that we introduced for you? Oh, yoga aficionado. Yes. So this, uh, it's called Amrit Yoga. Have you heard of that, Doug? A M R I T. I have not. No. Okay. I don't know what. It's <laughs> I'm not a very good aficionado. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. They do something in I think Salt Springs, Florida. Uh, if you look up AmritYoga.org, if you want to find out more, you can do so there. But anyway, I think. I hope I'm not mixing this up or, or mistaken, but I think this guy's or this whole branch, their philosophy is that the purest form of yoga is just meditation. Maybe you told me this, Doug. I don't know. That like yoga kind of came about as a way to deepen your meditation. Does that make sense? Does that sound possibly true? Yeah, it uh, sounds kind of true. Yes. Okay. That you would get in these poses and somehow in in putting forth that effort and doing so. Uh, it would it would increase the whatever the depth of your mindfulness and the, the your ability to focus on something. Hold on, I gotta close the door. My kids are here. All right, I am back. Uh, so so anyway, that, I I really like that because I I when I go to yoga classes they're miserable and I think it's because I'm not very good at it and I don't go to it often enough and don't you know actually devote any effort into learning it so i don't mean to be disrespectful of it and, and in fact maybe this is respectful because it's really hard if you're not into it and you're not new at it uh but i really like meditation and i'm not all that good at that either but i i can do that to me that's not a struggle as much as uh i don't know something interesting to do and at best it can be relaxing and good uh but when i go to yoga classes i'm just i'm sweating and i'm i'm just miserable not to bash your your wife's profession doug as a, as a yoga teacher i think it's a good thing uh, when I run, I'm miserable sometimes too. Sure, your profession. <laughs> uh, but so I really like the meditation aspect of. I'm sorry, let me say that again. I like meditation a lot. So if I can do a yoga that that is really not the sort of maybe more westernized yoga that's a fitness activity, but yoga that truly is about getting into a deep meditation, and then once you hopefully have achieved that that stillness or whatever, then you actually do sit there and meditate for a few minutes without doing anything at all. And that's okay because you're not there to burn calories or improve your flexibility. You're there for the purpose of meditation. So I did a bunch of this guy's stuff. I even did his premium class because some people offer premium stuff on the ship uh, where you can pay more to do it. And did that. It was fun. And uh, I really liked it. I'm totally into this guy now. And I, I really want to go to their to their thing in Salt Springs, one of these little retreats and do some kind of meditation deal. Because uh, I was I was into it, but I was hoping you would know about Amrit Yoga, Doug, and you I, do not. I don't, but may, I'm, I'm willing to bet that Katie does. So uh, I'll have to talk to her about it. Sounds great. Yeah, they even do teacher trainings and things, so she could she could go down there. Right on. <laughs> All right, um, that's kind of it, Doug. I don't think I have any more real cruise shockers or anything. It was it was it was. Uh, what you would expect, I guess. No gossip on any of those A-listers that... Uh... Ooh, gossip. Uh, <laughs> no. Robert Cheek has moved to Arizona. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal that. Uh, that's one. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. That was that was the hot uh, rumor going on this show. <laughs> So uh, I did not get sick this year. There was no sickness to speak of on the cruise. Few people got it, but I think people always get sick on cruises. Uh, but no, no speakers having to fly home or anything, any of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, and my immune system held up too. I was a little worried about that because I got sick pretty badly last year and on the cruise, and then got sick again in December. And I, both of those times were sicker than I've been in I don't know five, six, seven years. So I was a little bit scared about that, and I I made sure to uh, take precaution when I could. 
didn't didn't fill up using the cruise water fountains or any of that like people people do and I, I think that's where I got my sickness okay so anyway uh, so that was all all a good thing so that's about it Doug um, I have a few announcements to make let's hear them okay number one my talk <laughs> which you didn't which you didn't ask about Doug oh yeah uh, I forgot about that yeah it went it went swimmingly <laughs> sort of because it was like a pool kind of situation or ocean. Yeah, but if you, you typically you don't want to swim when you're on a cruise ship. I guess in a pool maybe, but or in the ocean in a port. Okay, so my talk my talk went well and it was packed. It, tons of people came. It was in the same spot as uh, my last year talk was, but it was it was in the one of the dining rooms actually, and like half the place got filled and there were people wrapped around and sitting there where they couldn't see me. They would just sit there and listen. And I, I don't, it would be nice if this was because I, I'm so good a speaker that it was just riveting and they came for that. But I think the topic was good. The topic was this seven foods to eat every day idea, uh, which we do have a PDF of. And that is it. At, this is a tricky URL now. Go.nomidathlete.com slash number seven dash foods. Kind of, kind of tricky. Maybe Doug, we can set up a redirect where people can just do nomidathlete.com slash seven dash foods with the number seven. Is that, that, that fair to ask, Doug? Yeah, I guess I can do that. Okay. You're also our tech, our tech guy. <laughs> That's right. I wear many hats. You do. Uh, so anyway, people can, can go there and get the PDF, which we've, we've emailed about that. I don't know if people on the podcast are all on the email list. Uh, but you can go to get that. Of course, it's not my full talk. The talk is much different, much more in-depth. But I think it's just a good topic. People people really like this seven foods to eat every day idea. And uh, that's that's kind of why I wanted to do stuff with this framework and build out stuff around it. Because it really is how I have uh, kind not, not overhauled my own diet, but I'm trying to build my own diet around this framework. And it's not it, – the best part isn't the seven foods to eat every day. It's the three meals, the types of meals that you can eat every single day uh, that – make it nearly automatic that you will get these seven foods and a whole lot more too that are that are kind of on my on my second tier of foods to get every day mm-hmm. so anyway that is there uh if people are interested in that topic and i hope they are other announcement doug this is just a teaser is that we probably are going to be doing a live podcast oh. in the next, uh about a year from now so <laughs> kind of a <laughs> or something that maybe not that exciting but uh we will not reveal where or any details about that yet, except that it is a gambling locale, which is which is good for us. <laughs> yeah. So, but not in the Bahamas. The, no, not in the Bahamas. It's not at Atlanta's hotel. Uh, so that's that is a teaser. And finally, don't forget, No Meat Athlete Cookbook is a less than two months now from being released. Continues to do really well. Right now, it is the number one release, new release in vegan diets on Amazon, and uh, has been that for quite some time. So. Please, if you're a fan of the show and fan of our stuff, then uh, then do us a favor and go check it out and consider pre-ordering it. Uh, you can go to denomiedathlete.com slash cookbook, and you will you will see the just more information about it in lots of places you can pre-order, including some bonuses. We're going to start – in fact, we already have started uh, giving bonuses to people who pre-order it as a thank you for uh, for helping with that because it really is important. It, it tells bookstores that the book is a big deal and uh, will help them to order copies and devote shelf space to it. Uh, and finally, speaking of the book, Stephanie Romine, who was my co-author in the book, is going to be on our podcast soon. I believe that will be next week, assuming uh, everything goes as planned. And uh, I'm looking forward to that episode because she has never been on on the site before. She's written some some guest posts, including sharing a recipe from the book. Uh, but we have not had her on the podcast. And maybe she – I bet she knows what Amrit Yoga is because she's a yoga person. She is. She might. 
Yes, and a friend of yours too, right? Former, former yeah. neighbor of yours, kind of. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Okay. What? Any, Doug, do you have any announcements today? I, I do. I actually thought this is where you're going with the live podcast, um, and I was wrong. I, I want to tease another live event, which is going to be our very first Matt and Doug Facebook Live event happening next week. That's right. That's right. At an Weird. undisclosed time and date. Yep. But, totally. Because <laughs> we so, have <laughs> undisclosed right. to us as well. But um <laughs> but but you have to you have to uh like us or like Nomad Athlete on Facebook and, and then you'll I'm sure you'll get alerted of uh when yeah. we when we go live. That's probably the best way for people to get it, right? And this will probably be our last episode until that happens. So or before that happens. So yes, go like Nomad Athlete on Facebook and uh and yeah, we will we will, at the very least, send out a reminder there. I don't know if it'll be announced anywhere else. I honestly, I don't know how this stuff works, right? I mean, I, all I know about is Snapchat and swiping, swiping left. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All you know is that you send nude pics on Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I assume if you like us on Facebook, then it will get. To, uh, you know, Facebook doesn't deliver all the stuff anymore. You don't even know if you like something. You you can like a brand, you don't even know if you get their get their tweets or whatever it is. Because I bet, I bet if you I bet if you liked us on Facebook and then just hung out on that page all day, refreshing every like fifteen minutes. Yep, and shared all the posts and liked all the posts and interacted. I think that makes the stuff show up in your thing. Yep, definitely. Actually, there there is some actual way you can go and make sure you get all of our brand stuff, but I don't know that way. We're not going to try people to go do that. Yeah, but whatever. Okay, well, good. I think. Uh, we're, we're getting to that point, Doug, where we start to go off the rails. So I think we should wrap it up before we go further. Uh, anything else, Doug? Any more announcements? No, this is good. Let's let's wrap it up. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, that's it. We'll talk to you next week with Stephanie, hopefully. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.